Molly, you're on the uh, combat training field uh, where normally class is being held, but um, in between classes there are some dummies set up for students that want to take more time to really uh, get some practice in. And even though you're anti-violence, I think, that maybe you feel like you needed some more practice. Tell me what this looks like real quick. I feel like Molly would go at a time that it's the room is empty because she feels a little self-conscious about it. Is this place open like 24-7? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I think for, for student-like purposes, especially since some of the students are like nocturnal and stuff, it's open 24-7. Okay. I'm trying to think. Maybe like 4.30 in the morning. I don't know if people would be up at that time. But That's Molly so Molly gets up early every day anyway. I love that. So it is, it is like 4.30 in the morning. You are there alone. Uh, there's just rows of dummies. I'd say if you started it at 4.30, it's about five minutes in. Anna, why are you awake? This early in the morning. I'm going to say that Anna was having a nightmare. And so she decided to go for a jog to clear her head. Like around the base. And so she just happened to be passing by the combat station. When she saw some pew pewing. And her uh, crewmate in there practicing some moves. Molly go ahead and roll, roll an attack for me. Okay, so I'll do an unarmed strike. Okay, that's an 18. Yeah, and you you definitely hit it. How much does your unarmed strike do? Two. So, Anna, you look on this scene as Molly swings, and she hits. She gets in a pretty good spot and gets a good hit in, but the mannequin barely moves uh, as the punch lands. I'm gonna not, like, sneak up behind her, but, like, I don't know, I'm just gonna, like, walk up to her and be like, <clears throat> wow hey oh nice oh my punch. oh my good oh my goodness oh, how, how long have you been there uh not long i i literally was just um uh, passing by i didn't mean scare you sorry but um oh, no it's okay killer punch are you uh so you're just out here practicing <sighs> yeah um you know I, I don't really have much experience with this and I don't know. After that, that last class we had, thought maybe I should practice some. Of course. Yeah, I understand. Um, let me see. So you have, like, no combat experience whatsoever? Pretty, pretty much. Gotcha. So, uh, I noticed you were throwing a punch there. Do you... Would you like to use any weapons of any sorts? <laughs> Molly pulls out her gun. I gotcha. <laughs> All right, that that works. Uh, you got any? I, I take you probably don't have any experience with that uh, pea shooter there, do you? Not at all. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. So go ahead and aim at the target there. Okay. Molly just points the the blaster at the target. All right. Uh. Really. Sort of. Square up your. Uh, Square up your hips, like keep your feet underneath your shoulders and uh, make sure your grip is tight there. Okay. I think Molly is like squinting her left eye. I think she'd know how to like at least follow those directions. Oh no, 
I don't even have, I took notes on how guns worked. Oh, no, I have it. Oh, I have it. Okay, good. Okay. Because it's the, the D20 plus dex. Yes, D20 plus dex, and then damage is a D6 flat, I believe. Okay, so um, now I just I just pulled the trigger, right? Yeah, shoot the dang thing. Okay. <laughs> that was a nat one. So you, you Molly, and you, you Anna, see that she lines up her shot, uh, and she's squinting her left eye, and she's really focusing the uh, this uh, teeny blaster is pointed directly at the target, and she pulls the trigger, and the kickback is just the just strong enough that she is actually blown back and falls on her back. Oh, jeez. Hold on, hold on. Let me help you up here. Thank you, thank you, dear. No problem, no problem. All right, so, looks like this thing's got a little bit more kick than we thought it did. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. We but can also what? try for bladed weapons, or we can try that shooting thing again if you want. I really wanted to figure this sucker out. All right, all right, let's do it then. All right, then, uh, let me give you a few more pointers here. Uh, one, you may not have to squint your left eye. You may need both your eyes to see what you're shooting at, and that might help keep you focused. And then really make sure you ground yourself. Whenever you're shooting something for the first time, that kickback can be a little surprising. Let's just let's just give it another go. Really ground yourself. Really, you're you're in control of this thing. It's not in control of you. You got this. Let's let's shoot that sucker. Okay. She's kind of just like telling herself, "I can do this. I can do this." So that is a uh, twelve plus my dex, so fourteen. This time it goes remarkably better. You line up your hips. You have both eyes open. You're aiming at your target, and you fire. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, that's a five. It goes through flawlessly. The uh, this tiny laser fires out of the gun and goes straight through the target, and you see a burn mark appear on this target, and you have like this moment where I, maybe you feel proud of yourself. Molly's has this huge smile on her face, turns turns back to Anna. Did, did you see there that? There you go. I shot. You hit him. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Up top. Well, down low. <laughs> she gives her a high five. Awesome. Um, It's about five at this point. Like, this has been going on for a little bit. And... Uh, Joy Simons walks out onto the field and says, getting practice, I see. Wonderful. And she walks over to the dummy and kind of brushes off the burn mark and says, how long have you been out here? Um, about half an hour. And how many successful shots have you gotten off? Mm, at least one. Uh, Joy Simons kind of smiles and laughs to herself. Well, one is... Better than none. Maybe we need to do more work with the phasers. I mean, hey, Teach, it only takes one shot to get them. That is true. And I'm not saying that it's bad to only get one. I'm saying that one is better than none. For sure. And she laughs and says, I'm off to my office. If you need anything, let me know. Uh, And she uh, walks back through that door that she came through the last time you were here. Molly turns to Anna um, just to ask her. 
So, what are you doing up so early? I, uh, I couldn't sleep. I was just sort of out going for a jog. And, uh, I, I just had to be passing by. Okay. How, how is everything? Uh, things are good. Classes seem to be going well. I really like my teammates, and I elbow her. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you been making friends? Yeah. Um, with uh, us and the crew seem to be getting pretty close, and um, Tree's pretty cool. Yeah, Tree's pretty cool. Tree's kind of the coolest, but yeah, I'm 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 trying, you know. I'm, <laughs> I mean, especially with our crew, you know. I mean, like we're gonna be spending, Lord only knows how long we're together. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make friends. Anybody that's caught your eye? Caught my eye. You know, um. Someone that you want to spend more time with. Not necessarily in our little group. Oh. Like, that I'm pursuing <laughs> romantically? Yeah, Molly or... just, Molly winks at her. Are you hitting on me, Miss Molly? Oh, goodness, no. Oh, you're you're, okay. a, you're a little young for me. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I am only 80. <laughs> Though I guess that is sort of skewed in my but mind I, as to what flattered. is or not. Flattered that you'd think so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm flattered as well. <laughs> so, Anna? Yeah? Is there anyone? Maybe. Tell me. All Come right. on. It's, it's not anything. I mean, it's just like a crush or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, do you know... Anna looks around, like, back and forth just to make sure there could be no other ears listening to what is going on or any surprise NPC visits. And she turns back to Molly and says, Do you know, uh, Shelly, uh, what elf? Um, what, remind me what she looks like. Uh, super pretty. Okay. Nice. She's got a really bright smile. Long hair, uh, around my height. You know, I think I... S was she next to you in line at some point? Yeah. Okay. think I do remember. Yeah, that was oh. her. Okay. I, 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 I don't know. I think she's, I, I think she's pretty cool. I, I don't what? even know if she really knows I exist yet or anything, but, um... Well, have you tried talking to her some more? I, I think I would implode if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> You know, she might think that's cute. Anna is, like, <laughs> redder than a tomato right now. Like, just even even, even thinking of the notion of talking to this person, just like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, maybe. I, I, I'm working up to it, you know? Like, I don't know, maybe I'll start with, like, a hey or a howdy in the hall or something. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out probably at some point, hopefully. I, w I was really nervous when I when I met my wife. Oh, well, tell yeah. me about that. Oh, well, her her name was Shirley, pretty close to Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I just remembered seeing her back on on Gnome Home. She was 
she was something else. I got so shaky anytime I saw her. <laughs> but one, one day I just, uh, just worked up the courage and went over to her, introduced myself. Um, I think I made a fool of myself, <laughs> but <laughs> I, she, she could tell that I was interested, I think, <laughs> but just how awkward I was. Um, yeah. But you, you just got to be yourself. Of course. If, if she doesn't like you, then she doesn't like you. You can't really do much about that. You just got to be yourself. I'll never know until I try and all that. Exactly. So, so uh, how long have you been married for? Oh my goodness, I've lost count. <laughs> it's been a couple hundred years. Um, she's actually, she actually passed away um, oh. ten, ten years ago. But I'm, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Got, got lots of memories. Yeah, of course. I'm... I'm glad you got so many with her. Yeah. Well, um... Yeah. Um... I think Anna's gonna, like, awkwardly go in for a comforting hug. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come here, you little cutie. The camera zooms out on what is by far the most endearing and awkward hug. <laughs> To ever be seen. And it cuts to blue. You you said that you wanted to have a scene with Jin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real talk, I've been like real life nervous about this. Oh no. <laughs> just just because I hate confrontation so much that you said Blue wanted to talk to Jin and I have thought about it every time I've thought about recording. <laughs> Oh no, panic. I'm so sorry. It's okay, I just hate confrontation in all forms, even fictional, apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Alright, so, yeah, so where where is this scene taking place? If this is, like, a normal evening, then I imagine Jen is in her room, hanging out, maybe reading she never really had access to books so she might be really savoring all those books she can read now yeah the library is packed with um books of any type of flavor any type of genre that you could think of um so of course there's like your reference and your uh historical documents um but you also do have like an immense fiction library you have just like manuals for different things just in case but yeah any type of book Jin could think of is probably in there i feel like she's reading like space huckleberry finn and she <laughs> relates to that adorable astronaut scamp oh my gosh i think it is just called space huck finn yeah like, they it but was... it's not huckleberry it's just huck space, like, space huck finn yeah and space huck finn it was Space Mark Twain that wrote it. He legally changed his name to make it fit. <laughs> the marketing strategy. Call my book Space Huck Finn and rename myself Space Tom, Space Mark Twain. I think what it was is that like Earth, when they expanded out into space, they were like, oh, everything's gonna like, they were so used to like, in, like I'm gonna say in canon, like 
Star Wars existed and Star Trek it, so they thought they had to name everything with that naming convention, so they just started labeling things as space blank and just went with it, which is how you got uh, such great hits as Space Slaughterhouse 5. Um, <laughs> it's God. where humans by, go to an space alien. Va- yeah, by Space Vonnegut, like... <laughs> Which the trial for Midorians are extremely upset about. Yeah, um, that was very racist, actually. Yeah. Um, Speciesist. Okay. But yeah, so, Jen, you're in your room. Alright, um, Blue comes and knocks on the door of Jen's room. Uh, Jen looks up somewhat startled and opens the door and uh, sees Blue standing out there and kind of just looks at Blue for a second. Almost waiting for them to speak yeah. before realizing that uh, Blue doesn't speak. <laughs> yes, yes. Before, um, yeah, remembering um, that. <laughs> yeah, Blue just silently holds out a cup of coffee. Um, no, like, introduction or anything. I look at the coffee and I look up at uh, Blue and I say, well, come on in. Blue walks in the room, makes themselves comfortable wherever, I don't know what dorm room furniture looks like it's a lot drier in here than it is in yours i imagine they probably like get out their little spray bottle give themselves a little (laughs) squirt though jen is a water girl so maybe it's just (laughs) she makes the whole atmosphere humid i don't know yeah maybe maybe blue gets out their little communicator device when was the the last um the scene at the library uh in relation to this uh it was only a few days ago, I'm going to say, uh, like, three days ago. Yeah, they just say, I wanted to talk about what happened in the library the other day. <laughs> that makes Jin very uncomfortable. I would say she kind of, like, once again, just gawks a little bit. <laughs> She's not good in social situations. And she goes, uh, what did you want to talk about? Specifically about that Blue uh, types out another question, and the words pop up. How much do you know about constructions like Rust? Uh, I'm going to refer to the DM here real quick. Hey, Caleb. Mm-hmm. How much would Jen theoretically know? I mean, obviously she knows what the AU units are, but how much would she know about them outside of... They were in the war and they did a lot of damage. Um, I I think uh from the time because you 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 had a little bit of time where you were looking at the file, mm-hmm. um, as it popped up on that uh, mini monolith in the library, and you, uh, remember a few things. Uh, you remember that uh, they were they were designated for um like dropping off like mass quantities of them in an area and then come back a few hours later and the area is wiped out um is basically what they were built for originally you also know that they were relatively it was like a um cheap to make type thing because all they had to do was build the frame and pull out the consciousness cube and put it in the next one and so on and so forth um but that's really all that you know Okay, I relay some version of that, probably a little bit nastier than intended, because Jin really doesn't have warm fuzzies about uh, those units. Yeah, Blue 
nods, kind of takes it in. And then they pull out a um, their um, little tablet thing that has, like, basically a bunch of, like, just, like, a readout of, like, a bunch of code on it. And they show them that, and um, and they, like, words flash up on the in the air in front of them that, um, you know, this was, um, this was a virus that I wrote to basically overload combat functions in the AUs. Sometimes it made them explode. Sometimes it made them turn on each other and fight each other rather than destroy what was in front of them. Was it the you that administered it or it was just kind of used? That they, the team they were working part as part of created this virus to overload the AU's combat functions. It never got used in actual combat, but they had tested it out on damaged AU's they had managed to salvage, and it was in the final stages of development by the time the war ended. And then the, they type another message, and it says, The reason that I was able to repair rust when i found him was i knew everything about these units how to you know all their all their weaknesses how they came together so that my team could take them apart and then they just kind of wait for for jen to kind of process she soaks that in a little bit so you know You know them better than most. They pause and then kind of consider. And they nod. And then they think a little bit, take a little bit longer creating their new message. And then when it pops up, it says, What I'm trying to say is, whatever you think that Rust did, I was worse. And I was just a kid. But you you were doing it to these things. You weren't doing that to civilians, to people. You were doing it to the monsters they sent to kill. That wasn't all I did. And they start um, flashing you images of chemical weapon type things and of nanotechnology that like attacks the nervous system and, you know, what the denizens would have called countermeasures, but were just as war crimey as the some of the oppressor stuff and then um i actually want to make a um a check to see if i would know um like because of that to see if like i would know why like would recognize like why jen is the way she is yeah go ahead and roll um we'll say a history check for this five plus seven that's a twelve a 12? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know a few things um, about... Uh, you, you've heard of Jin's planet. You've heard of Boone. You know that Boone um, was a testing site mm-hmm. for a, a project uh, by the Oppression that uh, you know that you were on the team for the counter for. Right. Okay. Yeah. You don't remember which thing was being tested there. Right. Uh, because you were on multiple projects. So it, it could have been a lot of things. But you know that um, Jin's planet was attacked mm-hmm. in a 
horrible way is what you know. Okay. Um, I think now Blue has kind of been just looking at their device this whole time. But now they look up at Jin and um, they flash the message. You know what happened on Boone. I kind of gesture to myself and to say, I am what happened on Boone. That bomb they dropped made me this. They send out the message. The only reason that the denizens didn't respond with equivalent mes- measures was that the the peace accords were signed before we had the chance. I don't see your point here, Blue. They pause for a moment. And they type, if you're going to keep coming to school here and not just lose it, they pause again as they keep kind of thinking of what to say and the other message, you're going to have to figure out that sides don't matter anymore, that maybe they never did. There's a lot more happening here than innocent and guilty. What happened 10 years ago affected all of us. With that, the camera kind of pans out on this like tense, a little bit awkward situation. You made your star charts the night before. Everything seems to be going perfectly according to plan. So what's the, what's the, how are you feeling this morning? Rose is kind of tired because she stayed up late doing the charts, but also just kind of a general feel of frustration and she doesn't quite understand it. As you are walking down the hallway to the uh, cafeteria, you notice that wind is on his way in uh wind you're super excited for piloting class right yes it's like my entire life i'm so ready yeah you're like ready to get there so i feel like you know like you woke up early you were going to get breakfast early you know all of that you're ready to go yeah eating early so i can get to class early right yeah me and all of my high school I think there's a little bit of a line for breakfast right now, so you're kind of awkwardly standing in line. I think as you're looking around, you possibly notice Rose as she walks into the cafeteria. Oh, I think I get out of my spot in line and, like, walk up. Hey, hey, Rose. Good morning. And she sort of looks startled, like she totally was snapped out of her little little days and was not expecting anyone to speak to her. And she's, like, looking around for a moment, and she realizes it's... It's wind, properly. Uh, hi. Uh, you mind if I eat with you? I mean, yes. We just need to get food first. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, ah, oh, she's so awkward. Um, as she, she doesn't know how to speak to him exactly, but she, she basically gets in line with the wind, and waits. So, uh, how do you sleep? Not, not much sleep. I'm probably gonna yeah. need need something. To keep me awake today, honestly. Understandable. Um, hey, I just gotta say, like, honestly, thank you for that, the, like, wiping off the acid yesterday. I kind of was raised in a place where kindness isn't, isn't in hot supply, so, uh. She kind of smiles a little, a little bit, like, you notice it, but it's nothing crazy. 
and kind of smacks your arm, which you probably weren't expecting. Uh, it's okay. It's just, why the heck wouldn't you wipe acid off yourself? It's burning you. It's there. Literally hurting you and you just let it sit. You gotta, you gotta do something about that. What if, what if we need you and where, and you end up being too hurt from something like that? You gotta look after yourself sometimes. I mean, true, I guess. I just always grew up like if I could do the scenario, no matter the cost, it, that was, the end justified the means, I always heard, you know? So like, uh. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it like that. Sometimes I find that to be true, but other times I found that if you don't look after yourself, sometimes no one else will. And if you're responsible for anything else, you know. I mean, who am I to say anything? <laughs> she kind of just shrugs. Just pain. Pain is so, is is not necessarily important. But if you ignore it for too long, it can become damaging. That is uh, truer than you know. And she, they're just standing in this lunch line, and she's stiff. As, like, uh, like so awkwardly stiff. As you guys are standing in line, uh, a, a few people pour in uh, behind you. Don Pondleton walks up just <laughs> a little bit, and he just looks, and he gets real close, and he says, Hey, uh, you two, uh, you go? Yeah, no, I got you, I got you. We're moving, we're moving, okay. sorry. We're having a moment, it's okay. You know, making sure, because sometimes people are just, uh, you know, not wanting to move in line, and I don't like that, so. It's, it was acid, we were just talking about acid. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> this is interesting. Okay, <laughs> I will, I'll not tell anyone. Wink. Wait, so are you going to tell someone? Uh, like... No, 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 I'm not, well, no, I'm not going to tell, just. Just move up and I'm not going to tell. Just go. Move up in the line. See, because, like, the wink implies that but, you're going to no. do the opposite. See, no, I say I can't wink every time I try to wink. Look, he, like, he tries to wink and both his eyes keep closing. It's like, I can't do it. And so I said. Ah, gotcha. And so gotcha. that's me saying, like, we're cool with the wink, but I can't wink. So I said the wink. So you could have. Okay, okay. We're moving. We're moving. We're going. And Rose has already moved before the end of that conversation. She moved up on her own. Wind gets some waffles this morning and just loads up his plate. Rose just gets a bit of everything that she can see and sits down. So, like, uh, I know stars are your thing, but, like, why? Sorry if that <laughs> is inappropriate. I don't know. <laughs> ah, She kind of... She doesn't laugh. That was me, just for the record. <laughs> 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 Just for the record. Um, okay, Rose. Rose has a mouthful of food because she didn't really hesitate. She just shoves something in there, you know. She. Oh, sorry. She holds up a oh. finger one second. You know? <laughs> sorry, you can eat. Sorry. And, and as she swallows the food, she pauses properly and sort of thinks about it. I don't know if, I don't know if that's necessary. And she just says, they're pretty. They're really pretty, you know, stars. Yeah, very true. It's very understandable. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really, uh, taken the time to appreciate them. I think I've always been 
go, go, go since I've uh, been a kid. She reaches into her pocket while he's talking and then kind of you see her face pale a bit. And she, she looks like she forgot her phone or something, but then she pulls her hand out of her pocket and just sort of... <sighs> a phone you, you good? You know, just left something for, for the blue. Um, but yes, stars. They're, they're nice. It's, it's complicated stars, but there's some safety in them, some consistency, you see. Like, you know... You can navigate using them, even on Earth. If you looked up at the stars, you'd always know where you were. I assume that's why you went to like the uh, the World Studies Botany course. You know, it was the most fitting one. I had no choice about being here, so I figured if I'm gonna be here, I'll do what I want. What's uh, what's that about? I guess, I guess I'll tell you. She says again, she's pretty stiff. But you can see she's actively trying to sort of wriggle her shoulders a little, like breathe, and that she's not very comfortable with talking to people. But, well, I guess as much as I can say I had a home, it wasn't really a home. It was me living off the kindness of people, and when they had to choose someone to be sent here, it made sense that it wasn't one of their own, and that it was me. That's uh, very relatable, Rose. Very relatable. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I kind of am in the same boat. I was kind of the odd odd one out growing up always. And uh, I don't know. I've always only had, you know, my two dads, I guess you could call them. Mm-hmm. Uh They've been the kindest ones to me at the monastery, but other than that, it's just kind of been just kind of been an outcast. So it kind of made sense for me to come here, and I'm not I'm not super complaining. This has been a great experience. We're about to do the piloting class. I am so pumped for that. That is my life. But yeah, it still kind of sucks. Hmm. I can imagine. It's it's good that you had some people. I I had one one lady that was quite quite nice to me. She'd always make sure they left me some food and some clothes. And she and she made sure that they didn't come and terrorize my little hut. That sounds so strange, calling it a hut. It was like a, it was like it was like a cabin, kind of. I I may have I built it. I mean, it was okay. twigs and shit, I guess. But it was it was comfortable. So, I mean, <sighs> if you built it and it was home, then, like, yeah, that's important. Yeah. There's some freedom. Uh, we've not been here long, but there is some freedom in starting over and having no one know who you are. And I'm, I've got this assignment. And she kind of starts sounding, sounding a bit more excited. Ooh, I've got this ooh. assignment from the teacher. And I, I get to draw a star chart every single night, but don't tell anyone. I'm only telling you because. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she's she is she's whispering. I'm only telling you because you know I know you, I know you won't tell me. Yeah. No. I won't it's tell it's me. not like it's not like super secret anyway. It's just it's a my, it's a me thing. It's just I have an assignment to do and I like it. Hell yeah, that's sick. 
Yeah. I, I can show you my star charts sometime. Yeah, please. That sounds amazing. And I feel like, uh, I mean, I guess with this little group we in, I'm the pilot and you're the navigator type. So, like, we'll, we'll probably be very close anyway. I'll try not to direct you into any asteroids or anything. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I uh, I trust you. I have, I have no idea what I'm doing and how to pilot. And we have piloting class, and I'm terrified, absolutely dreading it. And here you are, absolutely over the moon waiting for it. It's just kind of fun. Well, it's like, uh, it's like your things is the stars, my things the ships. Do you have any do you have any tips you could give me before we before we start? Uh, I would say, you know, just breathe, stay calm. Remember that you are in control of the ship. The ship is not in control of you. And uh have fun. She nods and goes to shove another enormous amount of food into her mouth. <laughs> you hear a, a- creak and steps coming up um, from behind the two of you and then you just hear do you guys mind if I sit here (laughs) not at all she gestures wildly for him to sit with her mouth full of food Mm, (laughs) wonderful Uh, and then he sits down and says we're having a good time. And then the camera zooms out. What's up, guys? It's Luke from Nat Wonderful, and I'm here with... Uh, Caleb from Nat Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you're very much enjoying the episode. Yeah, and we were wondering if you could do us a big time favor and go ahead and go follow us on huge favor and go follow us on uh twitter we are at nat wonderful which is n-a-t-w-o-n-d-e-r-f-u-l on instagram which is n-a-t number one d-e-r-f-u-l and then if you want to go ahead and write to us tell us all about how much you love us you can write us an email which is natwonderful at gmail.com, and that is N-A-T, number one, D-E-R-F-U-L, at gmail.com. We also got new episodes coming out every Wednesday, so be sure to check those out. Those are going to be on all your favorite podcasting sites. All of them. Every single one. Stitcher. Apple. Spotify. Spotify. I think um, that's all of them. Your your grandma's computer. We are on vinyl. We're on your dad's phone. Yep. Only your dad's phone. Only your dad's. Also, if you want to do us another big favor, leave us a review on Apple. If you use Apple, give us a thumbs up on Spotify. All of that helps us so much. But I can't think of anything else we need to say. Oh, be sure to use the hashtag 
Nat Wonderful, just the N-A-T-W-O-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, whenever you are talking about us. But other than that, yeah, I think just enjoy the rest of the episode. Enjoy. Bye. It is the day after your conversation with um, Blue. You have had probably a, a fairly relaxed day up until this point. You know, I don't think anything too crazy has happened. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I don't think anything too crazy has happened. But you know that at uh, 3 o'clock on the dot today, you have your meeting with Charles Lamarcier. Yeah, yeah. After you kind of had a little clap back at him with that uh, you need to work on your sales pitch line. Yeah, and I need to work on my stealth is really what that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you rolled with Yeah. Yeah. Was I... it, what, a nat 1 versus nat 20? But, but yes. So, uh, what is uh, Jin's mental, like, prep strategy before this meeting? She had a really solid, like, ooh, I'm going to stick it to him and, like, give it to him and tell him everything I've been thinking. But that conversation with Blue really just rocked her. So she's really just been ruminating on what Blue said about, like, sides and letting go. So that's kind of been reverberating through her head. And at this point, she's less mad and ready to fight Charles and more just kind of worn out by uh, all the very, very heavy thinking. But she still has a plan. As she's walking, Rat crawls down into her pant leg and holds on tight. And she's wearing she's wearing baggy enough pants that it's it, you can't really see Rat. Right, I, I figured that. It is about 2.55, and you know your meeting's at 3.00. Uh, and you are getting closer to the office, and as you get about a few, let's say, let's say 15 feet away down the hall from it, you see that his door is wide open for you. Well, I guess I walk through, well, I walk up to that door and obviously, like, knock on the door. She was raised in the streets, not a barn. (laughs) Uh, so... You, yeah, you knock lightly on the door, and Charles looks up, and he's been uh, looking over some papers. And Does he have he readers? I just need to know. Does he have, like, reading glasses on? He has readers. They're on, like, the brim of his Yeah, glasses, yeah, know? that's, yeah, I can see him. Okay, yeah. good. I'm here And he's now. got, like, a, he has got a, uh, like, a red pen in his hand, and he is grading through these papers and going through them, and there's just... You know, his desk is cluttered, but there is definitely, like, you can tell there's a system. Oh, yeah. Teachers have never changed. Oh, no. No. Even in the future. But he looks up and says, Jan, come on in. I walk in and take a seat and pull my chair up close to his desk. He sets down his pen and he uh, looks, looks you dead in the eye and says, so I think you know why you're here, right? Yes, sir. Well, good. I'll have to sit here and explain it to you then. And he uh, eases back in his chair a little bit, and he says, So I need to work on my sales pitch, huh? Uh, she uh, hesitates for a second, 
and gives him another softer yes sir right angry all right don't worry about that okay it's all right you can relax it's all good roll an insight check an insight check oh come on eight yeah, I mean, you don't see any reason not to trust him on that. Like, you feel like you can relax a little bit. Okay. Uh, can I do a quick perception check to see if I notice any, like, cameras in his office? Yeah, go ahead and give me one. That'd be great. Eleven. Uh, yeah, you actually see there's a, there is three cameras in his office. There's one from behind the desk uh, and two kind of aimed at the far corners away from like behind you if that makes sense mm-hmm. point all of them kind of like focused on the desk and all of them have a little red light so you know that they are operating okay uh real quick question about the desk then yeah is is it the one of those kinds of desks that's like you know got like you know the the standard desk where it's like you've got the side things and you've got like kind of this little wall that hangs down but it doesn't go completely to the floor like you could like stick your foot under it is it like that kind of desk yeah yeah and there there is room at the bottom of the desk where there is no like there's no border there okie dokie uh and is it very open on his end can i tell that like is it does it have like drawers and stuff or is it just kind of a more of a table desk uh no there yeah there are definitely drawers on his side uh there is a set to his left and to his right cool 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 that's all of my desk questions for now i i okay, concede the yeah. floor so he says so what do i need for my sales pitch huh what do i need to tell you she thinks and uh blues words kind of come to her and she looks him in the eye and she says Quit trying to convince us the war was worth it. You're not going to get us to believe that. We have all seen the damage and felt the toll. You're not going to convince us it was good. Just try the truth. We don't care whether you think it was justified. We just want to know what happened. Let us decide for ourselves. He takes a brief pause and then he nods and he says, Right, you know, that makes sense. Why would I want to convince you? I mean, we all know war is bad. I would rather not have fought in a war, but I did. And I'd have no regrets. And he uh, reaches down in one of his drawers and he uh, pulls out like a drink that he had like had down in there for some reason. And he puts it on the desk and he says, you don't mind, do you? No, I don't. But real quick, when he slides that door open, Caleb, that drawer... I want to take advantage of the uh, sound of the drawer opening and slide my foot right under the edge of the desk where the cameras can't see the bottom of my pant leg and have Rat scurry out and into a hidden part of the underneath. Okay, so Rat will have to make like a stealth check. Okay, how do I do that for Rat? I think it would just be a straight up D20. Gotcha. No plus, no minus. However, because you are taking advantage of him, A, looking away, and B, using the sound of the drawer opening, I will give that to you with advantage. So go ahead and roll 2d20s and tell me the higher number. Okay, that's an 18, and that's a 12, so 18. Yeah, you don't see any difference. Like, he does not act like he's hearing something or feeling anything. 
uh, rat slides out and is hidden away. Okay, and then I I, kind of do almost like a mic check uh, where I test rats like senses and kind of swap between my sense my hearing and seeing and his and i i don't like show it on my face but i swap to his senses to see where he is under the desk and see how clearly i can hear everything going on while the next part of this is playing out oh i was not expecting that um as you are switching back and forth between your senses and rats you see that he's kind of crawled up and he's hidden away to where he can kind of see like Charles's legs underneath the desk. Uh, roll another d20 for me. And this will be like a perception check. Gotcha. That's a 15. There are my rolls. There's the good rolls. Yeah, you see very obviously strapped to his thigh, hidden away, there is a knife. Just there. Gotcha. And he says, Jen, I know that I don't have to convince you war is good i know this and he takes a drink and he puts it down uh make a perception check because he puts his drink down i'm good at perception one might even say uh i have expertise but that's a two are you kidding eight i have eight (laughs) eight you don't notice anything of course uh you do hear the door close behind you and he says i'm gonna need you to stop trying to disrupt my class on purpose understood class was over sir he does like a half smile like almost half shit-eating grin honestly you're still in my classroom weren't you i would say i was walking out the door right maybe i need to reframe this a little bit if you cause trouble in this school bad things will happen jim And he is still smiling and staring at you directly in the eye as he just leans in one more time. And you don't notice his hands moving. They're still on top of the desk the entire time as he leans in a little bit and says, you get it? My heart is racing. Jin is very, very like thrown off by the sudden change. But she also is a little bit smug because she she could smell it on him before he ever did it you know like she just knew that the man he was presenting wasn't the like the real him how much do i want to play with fire here is there a is, uh, i wish there was a check to tell me how stupid it would be to sass him back right now yeah i'm not sure if there's a check for that yeah uh sass check a stupid check <laughs> okay you know what fine Jin kind of matches his grin a little bit and leans forward, and she gives him an, or what? Blue, you wake up finding that Rust is nowhere to be found. This isn't new, you know, He's he's been gone before, but this is this is the second day in a row. Um, so it's a little concerning to you. What do you do? I think I will just um, kind of send out a group message to the, um, the squad. And just ask them, has anyone seen Rust lately? And then I'm going to, like, message, message. Just, like, reach out to Rust to see if I can, like, find his consciousness. 
you reach out trying to find his consciousness um, just by, like, messaging. You know him well enough. It's, mm-hmm. it's usually an instant thing. Uh, but this time you, for some reason, something's happening. You can't quite get to him. Okay. Then, um, yeah, then I'm going into action mode. Um, I feel like Blue is usually, you know, pretty calm and, like, level-headed. But then they're also very, like, action-oriented. And, like, as soon as, like, something is, you know, something's up. So they're kind of kicking into gear. Yeah, they're going to um, head over to uh, the head over to the Ira computer. Yeah, yeah. So Ira, for the listeners, is short for Information and Reference and Analysis, um, and it is a computer that basically has everything that happens on campus. It's there, and it is in the library. It is on the first floor, towards the back. Kind of, it's kind of secluded. So, okay. Yeah, so they'll um, they'll go ahead and head over there. As you enter, you see the the same thing that everybody does. The Martha Blackhill Library. Uh, you see her portrait. As you enter in and uh, gun it straight towards Ira, tell me what you look up. So, is there a place into a computer that you can kind of type in, like interact with the computer? Yeah, there there's like a keyboard and mouse and screen setup. Okay, um, so. They're going to type in query AU982 location and send. As you hit send, you see this computer brings up multiple files. You see AU982 location, AU982 history, AU982 information. Uh, which one do you click on first? Uh, I'll, cl- I'll click on location first. As you click it and open it, it's almost like the file is deleted as soon as you click it. Okay. Is there, like, some kind of, like, um, like, does the computer have some kind of, like, AI, like, assistant type thing that I can interact directly with? Yeah, uh, if you just say Ira, it'll pop up, yeah. Okay, uh, you know, type Ira or whatever, like, I imagine there are also, like, non-verbal commands, like, keyboard commands to to pull that up. And then I type again... Current whereabouts, AU982. You see across the screen, information not found. Okay. Um, type in last known location, AU982. This time you do get a different message. You see registered student name not found in database. Okay. Um, and then they type... Please advise former crewmate missing from school database. This one, nothing pops up. There's no, like, uh, missing crewmate information. Nothing like that has ever happened. You, as you kind of go back and forth, because you have, like, that as a separate window, um, you've now noticed that all the files containing AU982 are gone. Okay, they're uh, typing, please advise, best friend missing. No response. Okay, they type in, where is Rust? No response. I need to know where he is. He needs me. No response. They can't just be gone. They wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave me. They wouldn't leave without letting me know. 
no response. I think we we zoom out, blue frantically typing in an effort to attempt to find their best friend. Martha Blackhill sits behind her desk. She taps slowly, a steady pulse. One, two, three, four. Rust sits in a chair, alone, maybe even afraid. And still, that steady tapping. One, two, three, four. A cold snap comes over Rust as he suddenly feels piercing from three different sides. He feels what seems like his consciousness is leaving his body as you hear Martha just say, Good boy, go ahead and get rid of it. And Rust slowly feels his consciousness slip with a steady tapping. One, two, three... Four.